Hi, everybody. I'm Mike Hancock, the chairman of the Circle of Excellence group of companies. And today we're going to have a look at what we call the conscious customer. So let's jump into this and let's go. So it might have been very easy 10 or particularly 20 years ago, uh, which seems like a long time, but it's still in this millennium these days, to put something over your customers and really treat them as if they don't know anything whatsoever. But these days, customers are incredibly conscious. And that means that they have access to a lot more information. They're very aware because of the nature of social media, business happens differently. And because of all of that, then we have to look at the way in which we take our customers on their journeys very, very differently. So in today's call, I'm going to be looking at the new 2020s world of conscious customization. So let's jump into it. The first thing here is if you have no emotion in what you're pitching, then you're not going to get any sales. The customer is intrigued by the emotional value of the outcome of what you will do for them. So from a selling perspective, let me get it really, really straight so that you understand it. Let's assume I'm selling this iPhone that I'm holding up right in front of me right now. So here's my iPhone. We were all taught features and benefits selling. That's the way everyone was taught to sell. And the problem with that is that whilst we were taught that, number one, nobody actually really remembers what it actually means. So let me give you a basic understanding of what you're probably doing on a day-to-day -day basis. The customer says, okay, tell me what you do. And you go, great, I sell iPhones. Now, the feature of this phone is that it has a full glass around it, which basically means that the picture goes right to the end of the phone. What you're seeing around that picture, those of you that are seeing it is my phone cover, but the picture goes right to the end of the phone. That is a feature of the iPhone. The benefit of that to you is that it's a much bigger use of the screen than previous phones. The customer goes, oh, that's so exciting, but where's the emotion, right? I'm not emotionally attached. And if I'm not emotionally attached, then all you're triggering is my left brain. And for you on the screen, that's this brain because you're looking at that as left. But to me, that's my left brain. And all you're triggering is the left brain. If all you're triggering is the left brain, then all I can do is sum up my past experiences and go, can I expect a cheaper phone to have much worse a screen? Answer, probably no. Guess what? I may go for the cheap phone. So there are three words that you can put into any sales pitch that are going to bring emotion to the surface. And it was fascinating because we've just had our five-day business school in Richards Bay in South Africa. And uh, we actually trialed this exact thing that I'm about to share with you right then and there with people in the room live with their, with their own products and services. So I'm gonna share this with you now. The feature of this phone is that it has a glass screen that goes completely to the edge of the phone. 
the benefit of that is that it gives you absolute use of all of the phone as a screen, therefore making your screen much bigger so that you don't have to squint at your phone, which then will mean you're going to get lines on your face and cause your eye problems as you get older. You see, the problem here is that we're not selling emotion if we just talk about the feature and the benefit. We've got to link it to an emotional benefit for you. I could have said, so that you don't feel as tired at the end of every day. That might have even been a better pitch. So that you don't trigger headaches if you're prone to headaches. That would have been an even better pitch if I had found out whether you're prone to headaches or not. So the key words here are stating the feature, stating the benefit, and then putting in these three words after it, so that you. And it was fascinating when we did our five-day business school, somebody who ran a tech company there gave a feature of one of their products, then gave the benefit of their product, and so that you, so that you can worry less. It was so simple, yet so emotionally calming that that's, I don't want to worry. So that means that this will solve the problem for me. I don't have to worry. Lots of other things solve the problem, but this one means I don't have to worry. So the first thing about a conscious customer in today's marketplace is that they will buy on emotion and justify it with logic. So therefore, in anything that you're selling, you have to have your feature, have your benefit, that's the left brain, and then trigger the right brain with an emotional outcome for them. So that emotional outcome, you can think of a list of words like worry, stress, pleasure, pain, enlightenment, fun, joy. It doesn't have to be negative words all the time so that you can put more joy in your life. And I gave the example of when I um, pitched to the CEO of a major international bank back in 2006. And I was pitching him a leadership coaching program for his senior executives around the world. So the benefit, the feature of this was that we could do it online even back in 2006 because I was using call-in technology with basic webinar technology that was there at the moment. That was the feature. The benefit of that is that everybody, regardless of where they were around the world, could join and interact at the time. So that you, Mr. CEO, can go home a lot earlier and spend more time with your children. That was my pitch. Now, I can honestly tell you that this man started crying in front of me. He is 50-something man. And he started welling up and he said, you have no idea how much I want to go home early and tuck my kids into bed. I do not tuck my children into bed and it kills me. So he said, if you can do that and give me a couple of hours back a day, you've got the business. So it wasn't the fact that I was any smarter. It wasn't the fact that my product was any better. It wasn't the fact that there was even a benefit that somebody else couldn't deliver. It was just the emotional value in it. So that's the first point I want to make with you all today. So let's look at how that can play out. Here's option one. You can have a fully ergonomic mattress made from personally selective goose down 
Innes sprung with input from sleep psychologists in a range of colors that will suit any decor. That's typically how somebody might sell this. Or you could say, you can have a mattress that will make having sex with your partner feel like you're 20 again, and afterwards you'll sleep right through the night and awaken fresh enough to do it again. Which mattress do you want to buy, number one or number two? Don't worry, I'm not going to go to the chat and ask you. It's very, very simple. Most people, given that option, will buy the second mattress. So it's really about putting your products and services in a way that triggers people's emotions. So if you can just remember that, then you're on good track to become customer-centric in the 2020s. Let's move on. Now I want to share with you what customers are expecting today. So when you're sitting back like this guy, thinking about how do I appeal to my customers, what are they sort of worried about today in this era? They're very, very different things than what they were worried about 10 years ago. And they'll change again in the next 10 years. So here they come. Customers want to either make or save money. So they're concerned about money. You know, especially now COVID has eaten away a lot of people's reserves to a large extent. Money has become more of a focus for some people than it ever was before. Customers want wisdom. That's so much more than experience or education. Wisdom, I would call the application of experience or education that basically proves that you know what you're doing and you've got their back and can cover all angles. They're looking for you to think outside the box because you've had exposure. And it's only through exposure that you'll gain true wisdom. You know, it's not a curriculum that you've studied. It's not applying that curriculum that you study. It's when you master that curriculum that you will have true wisdom. Customers are looking to be more free. That's why so many apps are really being absolutely massive turnover businesses with huge equity value these days. If you look at WhatsApp, for instance, what's it doing for us? It's giving us more freedom, more freedom where we can just be connected to Wi-Fi anywhere in the world. And it's free. That's our savings. It's free for us to communicate as much or as what little as we want. A lot of people do business just on WhatsApp these days. They don't have computers anymore. So freedom. That's why a company like WhatsApp is worth so much money. That's why a lot of the big cloud-based computing companies are worth so much money is because they're giving us more freedom. You know, if I look at Xero, my accounting app, one of the reasons it's doing so well is because it gives me more freedom. I can go to my app on my phone right now and look at who owes me what money, who what invoices are outstanding, send any one of you an invoice and have it to you in seconds. And I can do it all off my phone meaning I can sit in my movie theater and if I've forgotten to do something before the movie while I'm eating my popcorn, I can send somebody an invoice or check on a payment. Simplicity. Customers are expecting simplicity today. You know, this is something we've said time and time again, but you experience all the time in your life as well. Just go to a networking meeting and you will see people overcomplicating what they do when they're pitching their business. 
So making sure that you have a more simplistic view of what you do, that you can tell them the feature of this is that it is going to be online. The benefit of this is all your leaders from around the world can join at the one time so that you can go home early and tuck your kids into bed. Simplicity. You know, I often give the example, that's funny how this example triggers people, but I often give the example of why did Donald Trump win the 2016 election? The answer was his platform was aimed at five-year-olds. It was a simple platform. It wasn't complex. If anybody can actually tell me what Hillary stood for in the 2016 election, you'd be an unusual person because I've asked plenty of audiences and no one can remember because it was a little complex. I'm not saying it was super complex, but it was a little too complex. But Trump said, we're going to make America great again and we're going to build a wall. You either loved it or you hated it. That's irrelevant, but it's simple. Customers buy simplicity. And of course, what customers expect today is they want things to be timely. No one wants to wait anymore. This is why courier companies around the world have expanded tenfold in the last 10 years, is because we want our deliveries. This is why Amazon and Take-A-Lot and companies like that, Alibaba, have gone and become multi-billion dollar companies, is because what they save us is time. We no longer have to go to Builders Warehouse or Mitre 10 to look for our building supplies. We can go to Alibaba or Take A Lot or Amazon, get our building supplies, and within 24 to 72 hours, they can be delivered to us, depending on where we live around the world. We don't have to worry about doing our books ourselves because Zero does everything in real time, meaning that I can look at the up-to-date position of my business financially a snapshot of just opening my app on my phone. And this is a very, very important point because when we come down to what we're really talking about here and what I would think are really and truly the customers that each and every one of you are going afterward at the moment, there is really something that is very effectual that we don't think about. Let me explain it to you. It's all about what we value. And as you can see, there are two axes here, money or time. So at the top, you can imagine there are people that value money. And if they're closer to the left of the graph, they value money so much more than their time. Let me give you an example of that. So for instance, those of you that are on the call from Africa today, you realize that right now you can walk out into the street in front of your home, probably wait five minutes until somebody walks past, offer them $5 US to come and wash your car and they'll have washed your car and it'll be all there within the next hour for $5. In fact, it, they, if you ask them to do the vacuuming and polish the tires and everything for $5, you would still get a taker. So from that, they are people who because of their station in life and because of their mindset, value their money so much more than their time. But I'm not just talking about poor people in the street as well. I'm talking about people who will stay in a job because they're getting a regular salary, even though they're totally unhappy with the job because anything's better 
than having to go out and actually do something themselves and take the risk of maybe it not working. So their money is much more important than their time, which could be so freed up to do whatever they want in life, where they want, who they want, with whatever they want to do by simply stepping out. Yet, on the right-hand side of the chart, you'll see people who are really valuing their time. And there's a funny thing because this graph, basically, if you take a line from the top of the dollar arrow to the bottom of the time arrow on the right, you will see that there's a disproportionate way that things happen. People who value time tend to not have such an emphasis on money. So therefore, in your product or your service, the more you can save people time, the more you can give them their time back and target audiences who understand this. I'm not talking about targeting a lower socioeconomic economic work uh, place workforce for this, but I'm talking about targeting the entrepreneurial workforce with saving time or high net worth individuals with saving time. They will pay anything to have that. So I know from what we do, we save people years and years of time and money to get where they want to go simply by them working with us. So therefore, we can put premium prices on products that we have just because of that. Whereas people who don't understand that put commodity type prices on there. We just had an experience in our five-day workshop where one of our people, who you know very well, um, Linda and LM, in fact, it's because of him that you are here, shared a, shared a comment there where during one of their first meetings with Lundy, they went home to their wife and said to their wife, Lundy and Mike are going to destroy our business. Why, she says, they've told us to charge at least two times what we were charging for this. They now charge three times what they were charging 18 months ago. Three times what they were charging. Their business is looking better than ever. At the same time, one of the other people in the room basically said that when they started working with us three years ago, they were charging around 10 times less than what they're charging now for exactly the same service. Because what these people have realized is that their target market values time so much more than money. And when you can target a marketplace that values their time, then you've got a real potential to increase the fee. Of course, you've got to give value. That's a given. But you, know, you give value in a three-dimensional deal-making way. You're going to save them time, which is going to make them money. You're going to give them a community, which you're going to give them. And then you're going to have a technology or blueprint that you're going to take them through. I'm glad you agreed, Linda. Thanks for the comment. Let's move on. So we know what the customer wants today, but what's the customer's dilemma? Where do they sit today? What are they thinking about in this modern world that we have? Well, 
Number one is that they are struggling. They have a lack of bandwidth. Well, what's the lack of bandwidth? They're overwhelmed, right? They don't have time. They have too many things on their to-do list. They are unorganized. They are listening to mainstream media and spending their time in their business doing all of the wrong things right. So they're spending time writing blogs that are not getting anywhere, doing this social media that's not giving them a financial return, um, working on their website that's never going to be promoted and never going to be SEO'd or anything like that. That's what they're doing. Because of that, it's giving them a lack of bandwidth. So therefore, you have to give them their bandwidth back. You have to show them how they can achieve more with less. And if you can do that, then you're going to be creating something brilliant for these customers because these customers at this stage, they're conscious that this is where they are. So they push back on new things. Your customer is stressed. They are not sleeping well at the moment. They are up at three o'clock in the morning, basically wondering you know, what they should or shouldn't be doing what's happening in their business. They are like this guy in the picture here in the Asclepius. They are turning themselves on their head in the middle of the night, worried. They are overwhelmed. They simply have too much to do. There are too many things on their to-do list. They're the only person that can do those things. They can't trust anybody else because you're not helping them perhaps to trust somebody else if you're a coach or a consultant. They're unresourceful. Because of all these other things, they're starting to tunnel. Remember eBut. They're getting their imprints. Those imprints are turning into blind spots. Those blind spots are becoming undercurrents. And those undercurrents are becoming tunnels. So their way of seeing the world is, I've just got to focus on this. This is all I can see. So I, I can't become resourceful. I have to do all this myself. You know, I can't rely on anybody else, et cetera. So this is a very unresourceful space. So if you can help these people to become much more resourceful, you will really succeed. And they have a lack of support. They have a lack of support for two reasons. They don't have a ring of steel. In other words, they've never focused on that group of people around them that can really lift them to the next level. And also, they are so attuned to having to do things themselves that they can't trust anybody else that they are putting themselves in a position with a lack of support. If you can understand the customer dilemma today and you can attune that with what the customer wants today, and if you can save them time so that you can charge a lot more, then, and you really understand that the customer has access to lots of information, but you build in emotion so that you, those three words into your sales pitch, you are going to be really targeting some customers very, very well at the moment. Customers also want viable social proof. So social proof is one thing, but it has to be viable. So what do I mean by viable? Let's jump in and have a quick look at viability. So they want verification through various social sources. So it's not just like you are raving about something or having somebody rave on you once on LinkedIn. It's not like you've got 10 you know, testimonials on your website. 
You know, what if we go to your Facebook group? What is people saying to you? What if we Google search you? What are people saying to you? What if is the YouTube testimonials, et cetera, et cetera? They want a perception of similarity. This is really an interesting bit of consciousness that they have. Mind you, it's subconscious consciousness. They're looking for things to be the same across your social media. So if your Instagram is you lying on a beach, you know, wearing a skimpy bikini with a cocktail in your hand, and then your website is you as a fully professional individual, all hard-assed, that's not going to work for them. They're, they're going to have questions. Is this a party girl? Well, could be a party boy as well. Is this a party girl or boy? Or is this really a professional? So you have to have a similarity. Your social media has to tell the same stories all across it. They want to be seen to be following the herd. So strangely enough, they're looking for their tribe. They're looking for herd mentality. We'll talk about that in a minute. But they're looking for the right herd. They don't want to be in a herd of yesterday's, you know, cattle going to the slaughterhouse. That's for sure. And they want to make sure that you have a response to uncertainty because they have uncertainty. So if you're showing that you have that response to that uncertainty, then you're going to have good social proof. So just before we we're on this call, I was uh, just on Facebook uh, looking at a couple of things, just really just killing time for five minutes. And I saw an ad for an ebook on there. And, you know, I don't even remember who the person was, right, for this ebook. But I've seen that ad several times, like numerous times, verification through various resources. I haven't checked the person out, but they're very family orientated in everything they do. It's them, their wife and their kids. Today's photo is them in Denmark, perception of similarity. So I go, oh, traveler as well. Yeah, I like Denmark. That's cool. Copenhagen's great. Following the herd, they've got a very, very specific thing that they do. It's very specific and it's not going to be for everybody. That's for sure. Response to uncertainty. It's one thing that I have on my agenda at the moment that I want to personally learn more about because I'm uncertain to a level on how this is working in 2022. So therefore, I'm probably going to get that ebook and end up on their list. I don't know if I'm going to buy anything from them at any stage in the future. I can't tell you at this point. Depends what's in the ebook or whether I think they've got any real value or whether they're just regurgitating rubbish. But I'm probably going to opt into that ebook and have a look at it. So this is a good example of social proof and it works for all of us. Let's move on. One last thing. This is about creating your tribe. And I love this photo here of uh, this lady uh, who is one of the long-necked Karen tribe. And I uh, was blessed enough in 2004 to be in Myanmar and up on the border hills there, which is the border of Laos, and spend a couple of days with the very, very small remaining women of the long-necked Karen tribe. And why do I say small and remaining? Because we're in the 21st century and they want their children to do this and their children go, no, I want to go to the town and get a job and buy a car and those sort of things. And, you know, this is probably not the look for me. So 
this tribe is definitely dying off, which is such a such a pity because it's definitely got some beautiful connections with the land and, and what they're doing. However, before I move on to creating your tribe, I want to mention one more thing about the Karen, and you can go and Google them, is that if you look at this photo, you will think that they're extending their neck. No, that's not true. Nobody's neck's been extended in doing this. If you look closer, what they're actually doing is they're pushing their shoulders down. So basically, by putting the extra ring on as they grow and develop, they're actually keeping their shoulders lower and lower and lower, which has the appeal to look as if they're stretching their neck. So for you, you have to define who's my ideal tribe that I wish to create, that I want to have, because community is such a big thing. And conscious customers are looking for community, which is why we have the octopus tribe, which is why we have the circle of excellence. I mean, they're nothing but communities for people to come and enjoy, which is why you are on this webinar. You are part of our ideal tribe. Once you have that ideal tribe in your head of what you want to create, then you need to create a manifesto. This is sort of like the ethos of what this tribe's going to look like, what it's going to feel to people, what's going to be in it, what's not going to be in it, what's the ethics of it, all those types of things go into the manifesto. Then thirdly, you've got to make sure you act consistently and persistently um, in a way that will attract people to the tribe. And, you know, some things start slowly. So I wouldn't give up if you've been doing this for a year and it hasn't leveraged yet. But I'd be looking at who am I reaching out to and what is the emotional value of becoming part of this tribe. So, you know, today people become part of all sorts of tribes, whether it be a tribe based on your sexuality, whether it be a tribe based on your religious beliefs, whether it be a tribe based on a business network, whether it be a tribe based on spiritual community, whether it be a tribe based on whether you want to have tattoos or not, it doesn't matter. There's lots of different tribes. But you all have to create, if you want to create that tribe, you have to create a vibe that feels consistent along the whole time there. That means posting consistently, getting the right videos up and that type of thing. Then, of course, you have to nourish your tribe with value. There's no doubt that you have to continually deliver value to your tribe. And, you know, certain tribes grow and develop very, very quickly. I know I saw Phil Silverman on the call today. Phil, when you first built that tribe for weightlifters all the way back in 2011, it was phenomenal. You had three and a half thousand people join your tribe within about three to six months. What a phenomenal result. When we launched the Conscious Leadership Movement in 2018, we had 2,000 people join in the first six months. It was a phenomenal result. So you have to nourish, continue to nurture and nourish that tribe with more value. And of course, you have to reward your tribe with gratitude as well. And in any way in which you can do that, um, that is a fantastic thing. So in 2023, coming up very soon, we are going to be rewarding some of you guys who have been on these calls with value as well. So we're definitely going to be lifting our game to reward you with gratitude and uh, others share some, allow you to share some of your value as well. So let's just recap this. I'm going to go right back to the start. 
No emotion, no deal. You know, do you really want a fully ergonomic mattress within a sprung, blah, 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 blah? Or do you just want to feel like you're 20 again after a really great night with your partner and awake and fresh? Okay, think emotion. This is what customers expecting today. They want to save money or make money. They want greater wisdom from you. They want to experience more freedom. They want things to be more simple and they want their time back. People who value time more than money are prepared to pay a premium for a service. So keep that in mind. That's a certain target market. You can build your business on going entirely the other way and serve the masses at a low dollar value. That is up to you. What's the customer dilemma today? Well, lack of bandwidth, stress, overwhelm, they're unresourceful and they don't feel they've got support. If you can actually solve some of those issues for your customer, they're going to be jumping up to do business with you. But they want viable social proof. What's viable? They want verification through various sources. Similarity. They want to follow a particular herd, but they want you to respond to their uncertainty. And you can create your own tribe in with whatever you've done already by creating the manifestos, acting consistently, nourishing them with value and rewarding your tribe with gratitude. Let's now go to any questions that you may have or any comments that you may have that you would like to throw around. I'm, the door is open as we bring today's meeting to a close for you to jump up and uh, put forward any of your own opinions or anything that you'd like to add or anything that you disagree with or any questions. We'll leave the dead air hanging. And while we do so, I have to tell you that on next week's, uh, next week's call, we have a fantastic uh, guest presenter, uh, Dr. Gustav Haus. He's an amazing presenter and he's going to be talking about resilience, stress in the workplace and uh, how you can really help the people around you plus helping yourself with moving forward in what has been turbulent times. So, Philippe, over to you. Yeah, just one quick question. How do you find the, the emotion that really resonates with your audience? You just, you know, call a few people and see what, how they react or what's, what's the best? You always uh, have such fantastic questions, Philippe. And so I really thank you for those. And it's so lovely to see you every week on these calls mm -hmm. and, and just uh, and feel part of your universe as well. Um, I think there's two ways. So that would be way A. So And that mm -hmm. certainly helps, right? You could even create a small focus group and as a part of bringing together some people, have some coffee and muffins and things, get one of your fantastic cakes from one of those bakeries in, you know, in Brunswick or Carlton or wherever you're going uh, at the time, Carlton, right? So um, you could definitely do that. However, um, another way is to simply start looking at what are they mentioning that's concerning them? What's keeping them up at three o'clock in the morning? What is it that they're telling? When they say, I'm a bit busy to talk to you at the moment, Philippe, what's making them busy? Actually ask the question, say, I've got no problem with that. So thank you so much. Would you mind sharing with me? Because I'm really fascinated by my customers who are really super busy at the moment. What is it that's keeping you so engaged at the moment? You know, just asking those questions. Also doing some research just generally, which, I mean, you live in Australia. You have a fantastic Bureau of Statistics in Australia, um, unlike many countries. You know, they have pretty up-to-date research that you can do 
on what's happening in certain industries and what's happening with mental health in particular, um, because that's really what's going on for most people at the moment as they're coming through this. So hopefully that's given you just a couple of asides there, but I love your answer of just, uh, just asking some people. Does anybody else have any question? Feel free to raise a hand, smile, open your camera or anything else. Well, I'll take that as a no. And uh, just let me know in the chat whether you have enjoyed today's session. We'll say goodbye to everybody on the, uh, on the recording. Bye-bye, everybody on the recording. And we'll see you all later some other time.